Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Where we are today, this is where you are. It's where I am. It's where we live. And that's why it's so wonderful to go through books of the Bible like this, because God will find you in His Word and will speak to you. Let's start reading in verse uh, 13. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. I think that and such like, it just he could just keep going. You know, there's lots of things like it. And such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. Dear Heavenly Father, help us as we continue in this text and we're trying to understand the contrast between the flesh and the spirit. Lord, please help us understand these words today and, and what you're trying to communicate to us through them. Lord, uh, please help us all to focus on this. We have problems. Some people are tired. They're not feeling well. Lord, please help us through your spirit to give your word and the preaching of your word the attention that it deserves. Help us always to remember that you are the audience and that we are the participants. So, Father, I pray that today that you're glorified by both the speaker and the hearer. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, a couple of things. I want us to just review a little bit from last week. Look with me at um, verse 17. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. What is this flesh and spirit Verse 19, now the works of the flesh are manifest. That's made plain. They're clear to everybody. Uh, it's like, you know, raising your children. You don't have to teach them to throw a fit in Walmart. Is that right? It's clear. They're sinners. They're born sinners. They're, they're fleshly. And we have to train them how not to behave that way. Keep your place in Galatians. Go to John chapter 3. This verse explains it better than anything I know of in the Scriptures. Certainly better than any commentary could ever explain it. John chapter 3, and look at verse 6. Very familiar verse, but we got a new understanding of it last week. That which is born, John 3, 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And it will be flesh until the Holy Spirit 
Jesus Christ, the Son, sent by the Father, until they come and change it at the return of Jesus Christ. Until then, your flesh will be flesh until you die. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. That which is born of the Spirit is what? Spirit. You know what? Your flesh will be flesh until you die, but your spirit will be spirit until you die. Just as your flesh cannot be made righteous, the Holy Spirit in you cannot be made sinful. Isn't that a blessing? People wonder about eternal security. How does eternal security work? How, How does that happen? How can a sinner make it to heaven? He can't. He can't. So what happens? The Holy Spirit of God comes and brings a righteousness that is a foreign righteousness. It is not a righteousness that you have. It's a righteousness that comes from God. And through the righteousness of Jesus Christ, we have access to heaven. Amen? And the good news is that that flesh is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit to the flesh and the Holy Spirit of God is more powerful than your flesh. You can have victory and live in victory over sin. Praise God. So that's where we were last week. The other thing that we learned, if we go back to Galatians chapter 5, verse 19, now the works of the flesh. Do you see that now? That's the way it is right now. How many of you understood that you have flesh this past week? I won't ask you to testify. You know, yes, people to give testimonies. Hey, can I have a testimony of how you messed up this week? We don't get those in church too often, do we? But we could all do it. We could probably give that testimony more than we could give the testimony of doing right we, we all struggle with our flesh. We live in our flesh. But i got to tell you, this week was a really good week for me. Other than being really tired and finding out I'm getting old. and you know that, that nail gun when you're doing flooring, it puts you right in that halfway. You're not all the way down. You're not all the way up. You know, you're just kind of halfway. My back was so sore. I'm old. But here's the good news. This is the good I know. How many of you are tired of me whining already? <laughs> Enough already. Preach. All right, look. Here was the good news for me this week. This understanding of the spirit and the flesh, it was so cool because over and over and over again this week, just and I bet you a bunch of you did the same thing. All of a sudden you realize, yeah, the Holy Spirit's there too. And I talked to the, Holy, I talked to the Lord more. And I, I said, Lord, th- this situation, I need your help with this. Help me to respond in the spirit, not in the flesh. It's, that's a blessing, isn't it? The flesh is always with you, but if you're saved, the spirit is always with you. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's a blessing. All right, so now, let's look at this this week. So what we we learned, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. That'll never change. We saw in Philippians chapter 3 that God will change our vile body into his righteous, precious, holy body. Isn't that a blessing? But that hadn't happened yet. So we learned that which is born of the flesh is flesh, that these works of the flesh are manifest right now. All right? So now, I want you to notice something in verse 19. I'm speaking this morning on works and fruit. Works and fruit. Verse 19. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest. The works of the flesh are manifest. Look at verse 22. But the works of the Spirit... What does it say? Now, how many of you understand that fruit is different than works? You know how I know that? Spelled with different letters. It, you get great stuff here. I'm just telling you. Now, look. Now, the works 
of the flesh are manifest, but the fruit... So I want us to compare works and fruit today. I want us to look at that. But before we can go too far, verse 19, it says the works. It doesn't say work. Notice works is plural. Fruit here is singular. We have a difference. What's going on here? I want us to understand the difference between works and work. Works and work. So we have a scriptural distinction that we're going to look at. Verse 19, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. And he lists all of these things. Go to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20. The sad thing is that there are so many people that believe they're going to work their way to heaven. They believe that they're going to be righteous and stand righteous before God based on their good works. Um, even Mitt Romney in his uh, speech, he told a joke about not wanting to, in his investment company, not wanting to invest, uh, get the Mormon retirement fund because if he messed up, he didn't want to lose their money and go to hell. No, it was funny. It was a funny joke. But look, if you took all of the, the retirement money from Grace Baptist Church, you could buy a hamburger. No. Um, <laughs> if you took all of the, the investment money, retirement money from Grace Baptist Church as an investor, and you, you lost that, you'd still go to heaven. You might get sent there quicker. But you'd still go to heaven. Amen? Why? Because my salvation is not based on what I do. It's based on what Christ did. The difference between religion and Christianity. Religion says do. Christianity says done. Jesus Christ did it. I just rest in what He did. But the world doesn't see it that way. And God's going to give them what they want. Revelation chapter 20. Look at what the Bible says. Verse 11. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. Now we understand, without going into too much cross-referencing, we understand from this, Jesus Christ said that the Father judgeth no man, but hath given all judgment to the Son. So Jesus Christ is the one that's seated on the throne here. Jesus Christ's entire glory is revealed here. Hold, hold your place here. Go to Revelation, or I mean uh, John chapter 17. John chapter 17. This pastor was listening to our website, and uh, he said that one of the things he noticed that he said he's just not used to, he said in your preaching, you, you go to a lot of verses I'm not used to that. I don't know how to do anything else. When, in my homiletics class, that's how you, that's the sermon preparation homiletics class. When I had to preach, uh, in, in, to, to pass the class, you had to stand in front of the class and preach. And so I preached this sermon and I got a C. That's a bummer, huh? How many of you, how many of you knew that you had a C grade pastor right here? <laughs> I got a C because I used too many cross-references. So I've been this way right from the beginning. It's the only thing that I know how to do because I would rather illustrate what we're learning from the Bible than from, you know, politics or whatever. Because you all don't want me to start talking about politics again tonight, this morning, no. John 17. Look at what the Bible says. Verse 4. I have glorified thee on the earth. 
I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. So Jesus Christ is getting ready to go to the cross and then ascend to heaven. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. So what Jesus Christ laid aside when he came to take on flesh and blood and die on the cross for you and me, what he laid aside was his glory. His glory. And nothing is more important to God than his glory and his word. Nothing. That's what Jesus Christ laid aside for us. But now God has given it back to him. Right? Wherefore God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? It, because He did this, God has glorified Him. And that glory is so profound. Back in Revelation chapter 20, look at this. Look how profound the glory of Jesus Christ is. Verse 11, And I saw a great white throne, and Him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. Jesus Christ's righteousness, His holiness, His glory, it through His face is revealed and it is so righteous and so holy that the sinful heavens and earth have to flee away. They're gone. The Bible says the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. How, when does that happen? When the glory of Jesus Christ is revealed. That's amazing, isn't it? That's an amazing thing. You say, why would the heavens have to flee away? Because Satan's been in heaven. There's sin there. There's sin there. Job chapter 1. The sons of God appear before God. Satan appears before God in heaven. He says, where have you been? Been to and fro in the earth. He showed himself in heaven. The Bible says in Ezekiel that he has been before the throne of God. He's walked up and down amidst the stones of fire. Satan, Lucifer, had been in heaven. So there's been sin there. So there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Amen? Amen. And it's, it's fled away from the face of our righteous and holy Savior. But look at what happens here. Verse 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their what? Works. See, all these people that think that they're going to go to heaven based on their works, that's what they're going to be judged by, are their works. And look, look at the verdict. In verse 13, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their what? Works. What's repetition in the Bible? It's God's volume control. He's emphasizing it. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You see, the judgment that's meted out here, the verdict that is given based on man's works is hell. Death and hell are cast into that lake of fire, and that's where they will be in torment forever. That's the result of works. If you think that you're going to work your way to heaven, this is where you're going to go. Look, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be ugly. I don't want to look like the television hellfire and brimstone preachers that are made fun of. But you cannot communicate the Word of God accurately without telling people that if they think their works are going to take them to heaven, they're completely wrong. Your works will take you to hell. But the Bible says believers are going to be judged by their work. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's look at it. 
1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 11. The Apostle Paul's talking about building this church, doing the work of the Lord here in this church in Corinth. And he says, let's look at verse 9. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid which is Jesus Christ. Now let's understand what this is. Let's not just you know read past that. Jesus Christ started the church. Amen. Bill Hovestrike came to Sydney, Ohio and planted Grace Baptist Church. I guess it was the fundamental Baptist church at that point and then changed its name to Grace Baptist Church uh, based on the command of Jesus Christ in obedience to the command of Jesus Christ and building on the foundation that Jesus Christ laid, they built Grace Baptist Church. Amen. Amen. Now, I've been pastor here for 15 years. This is not my work. This is not Bill Hovestrite's work. This is Jesus Christ's work. But Bill Hovestrite did an awful lot of work here for the Lord. When Jim Alter comes, I, working with you, we are laborers together to build on what was already built. Is that right? That's what this text is saying. How many of you have come to this church in the last 15 years? This, is, you didn't, this was not your church before 15 years ago. We owe a debt. We owe a debt to those people who came here before us, who did this work. Um, I remember when I first became pastor here, I was walking down the halls. I just couldn't believe it that I was pastor here. Couldn't believe it. And my dad came and visited. And my dad was a pastor for years, a, a church planter like Brother Hovestrite was. And he, he called me Jimmy, like Brother Maxwell does. And he said, he said, Jimmy, you need to know something. There are men who pastor their whole lives and never have an opportunity like this. It's true. It's true. I got to see the stack of, of uh, resumes that were sent to this church for guys that wanted to come here. And none of them would, so you got stuck with me. But... Um, what we're doing here, there's some work that went on before so that we can do this. Let's not take it for granted. Amen. Why? Let's read. Look what this says. Verse 11, again, for the context. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, now, how many of you would like to have a house that was built on wood, hay, and stubble? How about gold, silver, and precious stones? Amen. Amen. I want that house. But the Pope's living in it, so I just can't do it. Um, that, that wasn't nice at all, was it? You that are Jim Baker. One of the, just, all right, now. Look, what's this talking about? The Bible tells us, every man's work, verse 13, shall be made manifest. Again, it's going to be clear, plain, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, 
And the fire shall try every man's what? Work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. All right, so here's the thing. What is the judgment in Revelation chapter 20? They're, they're being judged according to their works, right? And the verdict is the lake of fire. Here, our work is being judged, but there's nothing here about whether or not you're going to be saved. You're going to be saved, yet so as by fire. The issue is what kind of reward are you going to have at the judgment seat of Christ? And so at the judgment seat of Christ, there are two judgments, main judgments. There is the great white throne judgment, and that is for the lost, those who are not born again. Those of us who are saved, we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. The Bible says we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And what are we going to be judged on? For what we've done in the body. What body? The body of Christ, His local church, His New Testament church. So you are going to be judged based on your work for the Lord. Amen? And the judgment, the judgment that is meted out is based on what sort of work you've done. What sort of work you've done. Now, I'll tell you what, there are going to be a lot of sad Christians at the judgment seat of Christ. People who, you know, they just come to church. They don't serve God. Now, now let me say this. Man, I'm glad you all are here. If all you ever do is come, keep coming. We want you to come. Amen? We want you to be here. But we'd rather you use the gifts that God has given you to serve God in the local church. That's what God wants you to do. And here's the thing. You're going to be judged based on what sort of work you're doing. Isn't that interesting? So a distinction in the Bible between our work and our works. What are we talking about? Go to John chapter 4. Look at verse 34. John 4, 34. Now remember what's happened. Jesus Christ has met the Samaritan woman at the well. The woman at the well. And His disciples went to get something to eat. And He's going to rest there by the well. And He ends up leading this lady to Himself. Drawing her to Himself. Isn't that a blessing? Um, the, there's the passage that says here that uh, thou hast had five wives and the man thou livest with is not thy wife. There's this... There, Let's have five husbands, and the man you're living with is not your husband. Sorry. That's a different translation. That, that's, that's that new gender-free translation or whatever. Um, there's this kid in Bible college, and he, he was kind of shy, and he was in love with this girl, and he wanted to tell her. But he was kind of shy, so he did it in a letter. And he writes her this note, and he said, This passage tells you what I think of you when I, when I, when I think of you. And he wanted to send her First John chapter 4 where it says, there's no fear in love, pure love casteth out fear. That's what I want to tell her he loved her. But he was so nervous, he forgot to write First John, just wrote John. So he said, this, this passage tells what I think of you. And she opens it up and she reads it. And it says, thou hast had five husbands, and the man you're living with is not your husband. <laughs> I can't ever read that passage without thinking about that. That's hilarious. 
But look at, look at what Jesus Christ said. They, they came and, and they had gone to get food to eat. Look at verse 31. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed, prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus saith unto him, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. To finish his work. Do you see that? Finish his work. What work? Look at John chapter 19. Jesus Christ is on the cross. If you ask most people what the work of the Lord is, they would say the redemption of mankind. But look at this. John 19 and verse 30. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, He said, It is finished. And He bowed His head and gave up the ghost. Now, many people would think that this is Jesus Christ finishing His work. This was finishing the work of redemption. Our salvation was accomplished. Amen? He had paid our debt. All that was left was for Him to rise from the dead. That's a blessing. But was that the work of the Lord? No. John 17. Look at John 17. Now, how many of you understand John 17 comes before John 19? Do we need to explain that? And no, I think we're good there. All right. Look at what it says. Um, let's start reading in verse 2. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. Look at what it says. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Do you see that? Jesus Christ had finished his work before he went to the cross. The work that was his, the meat, the, the, the work that was his life, the thing that God had sent him here to do. Jesus Christ had finished that before he went to the cross. So what was his work? What work had he finished? His disciples were ready. His disciples had been led to the Lord and they had been trained and now they were ready to carry on the work that Jesus Christ had begun. What is that? The New Testament church. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's start reading in verse 51. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. That's on the wall in the nursery, isn't it? In a mo that's, that's Val Enyart's life, life verse. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. That's that vile body. Amen? It's going to be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory. 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. The victory over what? The de- he gives us victory over death, the flesh, and the law. Isn't that awesome? Now look at what it says. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the what? Work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You see, we're not going to be judged for our works. Jesus Christ saved us from our sin. Amen? And then He called us to continue His work. The work of the Lord. What is that? The process of making disciples, training people through the ministry of the local New Testament church. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're going to stand before God and give an account for this. Who's supposed to do this? Who is supposed to do this? You know what, brother? I just don't think that's for me. Well, who's it for? Anybody who wants to be a part of the resurrection. Amen? Anybody who wants to have their body changed into an immortal body. Pastor, are you saying if you don't do this, you won't be a part of the resurrection? No. No, not at all. What I'm saying is everyone who has experienced the new birth who's waiting for the resurrection of the body, who's waiting for sin and and every part of that to be overcome. Anyone who's ready for that? We need to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For we know that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. Who is this for? 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Look at verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Isn't that awesome? That sin of my past, it's gone. It's gone. I'm free. I have liberty to serve Him. I'm a new creature. I'm a new man. God has changed me through His Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome? Look at what it says. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespass unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, We are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. Look, who who are the ambassadors for Christ? Who has been given the ministry of reconciliation? All the new creatures. Anybody here saved? Anybody here saved? You have been given the work, the ministry of reconciliation. What's the ministry of reconciliation? Drawing people back to their Creator drawing people back to their Savior, reconciling the sinner with the Savior. That's your job. That's your job. What is that called? The work of the Lord. The work of the Lord. So the Bible says in Galatians chapter 5 that the works of the flesh are manifest. What the flesh does, what it produces, is adultery, fornication, lasciviousness, all of those wicked things that are listed there. That's what the flesh does, and it doesn't matter how hard you try to do good works, you are going to stand before God and be judged according to those works. Or, or you can believe in Christ, be made a new creature, and then be given a job. 
When you get saved, you have work to do. And that work is accomplished through the ministry of the New Testament church. Amen? So what we see is that the distinction between works and work. And then, go back to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5. Verse 19. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest. The works of the flesh. All right? So we have the works of the flesh. We have the work of the Lord. Works of the flesh, work of the Lord. But now we've got something different here. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. Is there anything to do with works? In the fruit of the Spirit. So you can try as hard as you want to have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. You can work real hard at getting that. You can become a Buddhist monk. You know? You can snatch the pebble from his hand. How many of you know what I'm talking about? See, the rest of y'all are too young. You don't have any idea what I'm talking about. Kung Fu, man. Kwai John Kane or whatever it was. He picks up the thing of soup. And he has the dragon tattoo or the searing thing. Really dumb. (laughs) And they do all that to find peace. That's what Buddhism is about. You can do everything you want. You You can try transcendental meditation. You can take drugs. You can do whatever you want. You will never have love, joy, peace, meekness, temperance. You won't have those things because those don't come by works. That's the fruit that grows in you by the Holy Spirit of God. Here's the good news. This this is such good news. Those of you who are not by nature loving, joyful, peaceful, long-suffering, temperate, good. How many of you would say, You just talked about me, right? How often have you tried to produce those things in your life? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try harder. Yeah. I love you! It doesn't work. How many of you have really tried to love somebody that you really don't love? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. That's all the girls I dated before I married Laura. I just didn't... We try and we try and we try. Do you know what we need to do? Stop trying and yield. Rest. Yield and rest. Because there's a difference between work, works, and fruit. I'm not going to take the time this morning to go into all of it, but let me just show you what the... The basis for it all is, verse 14, Galatians 5, 14. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The foundation for Christian service is love. Would you all agree with that? Where does that love come from? First John tells us we love because he first loved us. Biblical love comes from God. You can't produce it. You can't make it up. And so when you get born again, the Holy Spirit of God comes in you. And the the fruit of that in verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit, what's the first one? 
Love. Love. The foundation for everything is love. The reason that people raise their children the way they do is because they love them. The reason that some people raise their kids the way they do is because they don't love them. The reason that people serve God in the local church because they love Him and they love His church. The reason some people don't is because they don't. I can't make you love the church. Amen? Maybe in some churches they can guilt you into it. You need to get right with God if you're not... Well, that might last for a little while. Of course, for some people it won't last at all. They'll just bail. Right? What's the thing? Where does that love come from? From the Holy Spirit. It's from the Holy Spirit. So the foundation for all of the other fruit, it's love. That's where it's got to start. So how do you love? You yield yourself to the one who first loved you. We love because we've been loved. Amen? So look, if you're here this morning, you're trying to work your way to heaven, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. If you're here and you're born again, you're going to heaven. Your works don't have anything to do whether you get to heaven or not. Isn't that awesome? But you will be judged. You'll stand before God. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. All of us believers. And we'll be judged by our work of what sort it is. How many of you, when you get to heaven, you want to be able to give something back to Jesus Christ? You get that by working for Him. For Him. But don't just do it out of obligation. You can only work out of guilt or obligation for so long. After a while, that will lead to resentment. It's got to come from love. It has to come from love. But you don't have to develop it. The Holy Spirit will give it to you. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word this morning.